Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. With your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Mr. Call Screener, Richie V. Uh, I don't know. I can call lots of things. And welcome to the show, everybody. I want to talk about what's going on right now because we've got Joe Biden and he wants to head back into the bunker. Or it looks like he's headed back into the bunker because he's removed all of his public remarks from his schedule. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with the... uh, bomb scare that happened earlier today. And you know what? Before we get into Biden, let's get into the bomb scare because I think, you know what? It was something that broke while I was uh, hosting a live show on WPHT in Philadelphia. Big shout out to WPHT. And this, um, you know, nobody knew what was going on. They just knew that there was a pickup that was suspicious and they believed to have bombs in it, etc. And apparently the guy was arrested. The suspect is in custody. He had his uh, pickup truck parked on the sidewalk right outside the Library of Congress and he's identified as North Carolina resident Floyd Ray Roseberry. Oh, I hope this guy's not a radical Trumper and they're going to say that this is another insurrectionist. I don't know the whole scoop right now. I'm hoping that he's a Bernie Sanders guy or something like that. But uh, Roseberry from Grover, North Carolina, was taken into police custody at 2.30 p.m. local time, more than five hours after the police received the report of a suspicious vehicle parked in the area of Independence Avenue close to 1st Street. This was confirmed by Fox News. Federal and local investigators have already revisited Mr. Roseberry's North Carolina home today, and this was revealed by sources. United States Capitol Police, which you now know is like the United States Police, period, because they're all over the place. They've expanded the footprint of the Capitol Police, calling it an active bomb threat investigation. A House Republican communications director on the scene confirmed to Fox News that the Capitol Police have warned them about a man who is claiming to have explosives in his truck, quote-unquote. According to the source, law enforcement have sent a negotiator to the area. The FBI, the ATF, etc. are all responding. During a midday press briefing, the United States Capitol Police Chief uh, Thomas Manger said that the police received a report around 9.15 this morning, Thursday. This is the Thursday edition of This is America. And this happened this morning around 9.15 a.m. on Thursday of a man in a black pickup truck who drove over the sidewalk in front of the Library of Congress. Police responded uh, to a call for that disturbance. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Come on. The driver of the truck did nothing and, uh, well, no, the driver of the truck told the responding officer on the scene that he had a bomb. That's a far cry from did nothing. And what happened? And the officer said it appeared to be a detonator in the man's hand. Manger said we immediately evacuated the nearby buildings. Manger said law enforcement was in communication with the suspect but did not yet know his motive. He did not answer a question regarding a live stream posted by an alleged suspect. Blah, blah, blah. The man's name was not immediately disclosed. 
And they went on and they went on and they went on. The Associated Press reporter Mike Balsamo tweeted, investigators are trying to determine. All right, come on, let's get to the good stuff here, folks. Other areas of the region, blah, 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 blah. All right, so that's it. They locked the guy up. Anyway, I don't know if that's the reason that Joe Biden is um, gone into hiding yet again. I think he just is comfortable there. You know, he said, I, I ran for president from my basement. I won. I should probably go back, especially right now that there's a lot of fallout and all my friends in the media are kind of coming at me. And this uh, fallout over the Afghanistan withdrawal, Biden continues to bunker as a strategy after his widely penned ABC interview. And that's in Fox News. Fox also reporting that Vice President Kamala Harris is headed to Vietnam, interestingly, at a time where a lot of people are saying the fall of Kabul is similar to the fall of Saigon. I don't know. I can't get into all of that stuff because it's just not that interesting. I don't care where she is. I know she's not at the border. I know she's not in Afghanistan. And I know he isn't either. And we can always count on them to not do what they have to do. And that's part of the the problem that we have, right? Is that Democrats are incredibly reliable to do what's wrong. Even though the good old Taliban, or like this article puts it, this is hotair.com, a kinder, gentler Taliban is uh, murdering a woman in the streets for not wearing a burqa. It's a damn shame. Check this one out. I'm not sure, but it sounds as if not all of the Taliban militants received their copy of the strongly worded letter from the United Nations. The New York Post is reporting today that a woman in Takar province, located in the northeastern part of the country near Tajikistan, was spotted walking in the street without a burqa. Taliban fighters patrolling the street proceeded to detain her and then shoot her. A photo was released showing the woman lying in a pool of blood, surrounded by family members. This is what's happening far away from CNN's cameras in Kabul. Even while the Taliban's political leadership continues to insist they will defend the rights of women. Wow. Crazy. Taliban fighters shot and killed a woman for not wearing a burqa in Afghanistan on Tuesday. They go on and on and on, blah, 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 blah. When the Taliban leaders said that they wanted uh, to encourage more women to be involved in government, they didn't mention that that would involve starring in state-sponsored funerals. Keep in mind that the Taliban spokesman Zibdullah Mujahadid only said yesterday that his press conference was with respect to encouraging women to return to school and that they would be afforded rights. He also included a provision saying that these would be the rights they are granted under Islamic law, quote, unquote. We all know the rights of women under Sharia law. They basically don't exist and are barely, uh, excuse me, and barely considered human beings. More video emerged of this morning's Taliban fighters right in the center of Kabul, beating people in the streets with whips, sometimes for no apparent reason other than they'd happen to be walking by at that moment. We should take a moment to review a few of the many promises the Taliban's made and world leaders, both in the United States and abroad, have seemingly been unwilling or too willing to accept, even if it's a cautious acceptance. They told us they had no intention of uh, executing a complete takeover of Kabul. Well, we know that was a lie. Just the rest of this article here in hotair.com. The government also said that they weren't interested in taking sole control of the country. Well, that's a lie as well. The former government of Afghanistan is completely gone and the former president is in hiding in some undisclosed location out of the country. And as I understand it, with boatloads of cash, like $100 million or $200 million. So they promised that they would not impede the evacuation of the Americans or our Afghan allies. 
But as of today, they have checkpoints set up all along all the routes to the airport. They're turning back as many people as they can at their own discretion. Fighters are patrolling most of the neighborhoods in Kabul, firing guns into the air and reportedly carrying lists of names of people who cooperated with the Allied forces. I somehow doubt that the lists are intended to let them out and send them Christmas cards this year. Unbelievable. It's a very tongue-in-cheek piece, but all true. And that's what's happening in Kabul right now where the eyes of the world are upon them. We're still waiting to hear the details of the deal that the State Department supposedly worked out with the Taliban to allow the evacuation to move forward. But these stories should prove that Joe Biden simply can't take the Taliban at their word and no amount of international condemnation is going to impact the way they behave. They don't care what the rest of the world thinks. They'll say and do anything they want in order to secure more resources and control. This new Taliban is no different than the Taliban that greeted us 20 years ago. They've just gotten better at public relations and media spin. We set ourselves up to fail in terms of this evacuation and things are not looking good. And again, this is in hotair.com. Very, very poignant statements. Joe Biden back into hiding. Americans stuck. You've got uh, something like 10,000 Americans that are stuck inside of Afghanistan and the military saying, well, look, if we can't get to them, we can't. Well, you know what? In a little bit, we're going to play you uh, an interview I just did on the radio with uh, Carrie Pickett. Uh, You know her from the Washington Examiner and from the Daily Caller and uh, Breitbart.com. And she's going to give me uh, her take on a lot of this stuff. She's a Washington insider, Beltway reporter. So I'm not going to jump the gun on that stuff. And we'll do that in the third segment. But straight ahead, I want to talk about what's going on with schools and with COVID and all this other stuff. Because there's this teacher that said that Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, Donaldus Magnus El Trumpito, the 45th president of these United States, that he is a sexual predator. And she said this in her class. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. We're going to go straight into that story and then into the interview with Kerry Pickett. Uh, Quick moving show today. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media. And uh, this is that Thursday edition of This is America. I think we're back on track. It's been a busy news week with this Afghanistan stuff keeping us busy. Plus, I was doing some fill-in work on WPHT in Philly. So big shout-out to my familia in Philly. Always a pleasure to be with them. It kind of changed up my uh, podcast schedule for this week. So I appreciate your patience. I hope you didn't jump off the bandwagon because... We're just getting started. Now, there's a teacher out of a job right now after the anti-Trump tirade that she went on was caught on video. This is a good story. Uh, But the first thing I want to do is maybe kind of set the scene for you, right? So it's a Utah chemistry teacher, got fired following this viral video showing her telling a high school class, I hate Donald Trump, quote unquote, at the start of the new school year. 
and saying, I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to say it. I don't care what y'all think. Trump sucks, blah, blah, blah. And this is according to the former Lehigh School high, uh, high school teacher telling her class on Tuesday, according to a video that was viewed now more than 700,000 times. And after you guys are done with it, it's probably going to be closer to a million. So uh, let me go into this first with the audio so you can hear exactly what was said. And then we can uh, break it down a little bit. Check this out. I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to say it. I don't care what y'all think. Trump sucks. He is a sexual predator. He's a literal moron. Don't title loan me to the freaking admin. They don't give a crap. No, he is not. What are you talking about? Turn off the Fox News. Your parents are the Fox News. So what? This is my classroom, and if you guys are going to put me at risk, you're going to hear about it. Because I have to be here. I don't have to be happy about the fact that there's kids coming in here with their variants that could possibly get me or my family sick. That's rude. And I'm not going to pretend like it's not. So don't ask me to. That's damn right. Wow. I mean, I just, I, I, I really don't believe it. I would never do that as a teacher. I would uh, be more than happy to critique any Democrat, but to do things like this, I think is, it's just over the top. I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to say it. I don't care what y'all think. Trump sucks. That's a quote. This teacher is identified as Leah Kenyon, according to Fox 13, which spoke to a mother of one of the students in the class. At least one student pushed back on Kenyon in the video, which you heard, asking her why she hates the president. And as you know, she says, he's a sexual predator. He's a literal moron. No, ma'am, you are a literal moron because you lost your job. Trump was president. Ah, unbelievable. Anyway, go tattle on me to the freaking dumb administration. They don't give a crap. She responded to the student. This is my classroom. And if you guys are going to put me at risk, you're going to hear about it. Kenyon continued in the video referring to the coronavirus because I have to be here. I don't have to be happy about the fact that there's kids coming in here with their variants that could possibly get me or my family sick. That's rude. What a nasty lady. But this is, uh, you know, and I want to say, look, this is so indicative of that element of the left wing. But it really, I don't think is, in, in fairness, I don't think it's indicative of every last Democrat. I don't think every Democrat is this stupid. I really don't. Are you saying you think they're all stupid, Rich? No, look, I think these people that buy into the AOC, Ilhan Omar type of hype, I got to say, sounds like you, you may have hit your head or something and you should get it examined. But I can't say every Democrat's stupid. I know a lot of very smart Democrats. But anyway, we keep going. Another quote. I would be super proud of you if you chose to get the vaccine, Kenyon added. We'll just keep getting variants over and over until people get vaccinated. It could end in five seconds if people would get vaccinated. Is that right? Because it's funny because they have this thing called a, um, <clears throat> what are they calling it? Oh, geez. Uh, it's, uh, my mind is drawing a blank. But it's when you get COVID for the second time. They have a new name for it now in the media, and I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. Anyway. Kenyon was immediately placed on administrative leave after the video surfaced and the Alpine School District launched an investigation. The district said later in a statement that the teacher is no longer an employee in the district. 
We, the Alpine School District, have concluded our investigation of the incident that occurred on August 17th, 2021. Right, just so you know, it's the 19th right now. It's Thursday. They, that was a pretty quick investigation. <laughs> they determined uh, she had to go. Breakthrough infection. That's the term. It finally came to me, right? The, what they call a breakthrough infection is when you get an infection when you already have the stupid vaccine. So, and forgive me for saying it's a stupid vaccine, but w- once you already have been vaccinated and you get a second round of COVID, even though you're vaccinated, they call it a breakthrough, right? So it makes you think, anyway, how effective is this thing? And I guess the jury's out. Back to the teacher. Although the details of a personal uh, of all personnel investigations are confidential, the teacher involved is no longer an employee at the Alpine School District, according to spokesman David Stevenson in his uh, comment to Fox News today, Thursday. He did not clarify that to Fox News whether Kenyon resigned from her position or was fired. But <clears throat> it doesn't take too much of a rocket scientist to figure that out. Hey, lady, we got you on video. What do you have to say for yourself? Uh... We're happy to accept your resignation. Okay, I'm out. You know, or screw you. I I was telling the truth. You're supposed to have my back. All right, great. It was nice knowing you. Today's your last day. I mean, either way, it's the same thing, right? At least it is in my opinion. I mean, you could say no because it shows that the school district actually did the right thing by getting rid of her. You're right. You're right. I'll take it back. I concede that point to you. This behavior is inappropriate, not reflective of the professional conduct and decorum we expect of our teachers and will not be tolerated, Stevenson added in the comments to the Salt Lake Tribune. Kenyon also touched on climate change and LGBT issues in the video. That's pathetic that you think that, she told one student while discussing climate change. You're the problem in the world. She added at another point, if I, see, if I hear you say a damn word about them, members of the LGBT community, I will open a can and I will make your life a living hell. And they know it. If you say shiz to any LGBTQ kid in this school, I will hear about it and you will be in trouble. The video has attracted backlash from some, including the Utah State Senator Todd Wheeler and the mother of one of the students in the class, saying, I believe we have many outstanding teachers in Utah. It was very sad to see this very unprofessional conduct in a classroom, blah, 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 blah. Judy Storms said of her son, who is a former teacher, I'm really d- disturbed by this. We're finding out this pattern by a teacher. And if this pattern and people continue to do this over the years, why is nothing being done? She went on. An adult bullying a minor, that's illegal. And because she took it that far, I really think she should be dismissed. Well, thank you, Ms. Storms. I agree with you. And... Again, I think this happens so much more than is reported in Fox News. I think they just happen to catch this one on tape and people hear about it. But I think it happens a lot. I don't think it means all Democrats are like that, but I think it means many teachers, especially those that probably have been in the classroom for less than 15 years. I would say a lot of them uh, behave that way. And I'd say probably close to all of them that have been in the classroom less than five or seven years. And that's just a sad truth. And I hear it because I have kids that go to school. And they tell me stuff. They give me the play-by-play all year. And when I get concerned about something, I'm like, oh, I'm thinking of, you know, I might have to actually go to and talk to the principal and bring this to somebody's attention. I go, what's up with that teacher? Everything good? Oh, they got fired. (laughs) I go, okay. So it lets me believe that, you know what, there are still some educators out there that hold uh, their craft 
out to be something that is serious, something that they respect. They respect the children, the students that they're teaching. And, and uh, I've got a lot of respect for that. I don't care about your politics. I care about doing the right thing. And I think that's important. Now, we're going to parlay real quick into what happens to some of these students when they're not getting berated by teachers, right? And maybe when they go off to college or when school starts again in September. Well, in Texas, one school district is saying, well, we're putting everybody in a mask. And it's part of the new dress code. The new dress code includes wearing a mask. Although in Texas, the governor has put into place measures where local school districts can't supersede the state's mandate to not wear masks. So what happens? Well, this school district in Texas amended its dress code to include face coverings as a way to get by Governor Greg Abbott's ban on masks. You cannot have a mask mandate. They're banned. The Paris Independent School District, which serves about 4,000 students in Northeast Texas, announced on Tuesday that masks will be required when the school reopens on Thursday. The move came on the same day that Abbott's office announced that the Republican governor tested positive for COVID-19, despite being fully vaccinated. Look, he's a perfect example of that breakthrough um, infection that I was talking about. The Board of Trustees is a quote. The Board of Trustees is concerned about the health and safety of its students. The district official said in a comment, blah, 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 the board goes on, we have to amend our PSID dress code uh, for the protection of our students and our employees. Abbott does not have the authority to take over our board of trustees or the duty to govern all public schools, according to the district officials who cited the state education code. Nothing in the governor's executive order 38 cites that he has ever suspended Chapter 11 of the Texas Code. Therefore, the board has elected to amend its dress code consistent with statutory authority. So it looks like they have a little bit of a legal um, dispute on their hands. The motion adding masks to the district's dress code passed by a 5-to-1 vote at an emergency meeting on Tuesday. The new requirement for both employees and pupils will be revisited at each monthly board meeting. And that was uh, reported in the Paris News. For health reasons, masks are required for all employees and students to mitigate flu, cold, pandemic, and other communicable diseases, is what the new dress code reads. The lone dissenter trustee is Clifton Fenley. He said he believed the district was exploiting a loophole to circumvent Abbott's statewide ban on mask mandates, insisting the move was against the board's oath of office. Abbott, 63 years old, imposed a ban on mask mandates in late July where 112,000 new COVID cases have been tallied up in the past week, along with 647 deaths, according to Johns Hopkins University. This is according to the New York Post. 46% of Texans are vaccinated, while more than 54,000 have died statewide since the start of the pandemic, according to the data. And yes, it is interesting how they never give you the date or the age range on those that are dying, at least not immediately. Abbott also promised last week to take any school district to court, whether it's public university or local official who flouted his mask mandate ban. No governmental entity can require or mandate the wearing of masks, period, said Abbott. The path forward relies on personal responsibility, not government mandates. Well, amen, hallelujah, praise God. I agree with you, Governor. A message-seeking comment from Abbott's office. All right, this is getting boring. You don't want to hear all this, blah, blah, blah. Shame on you, said one parent. I say shame on all of you for wanting the government to pacify you. Put on 10 masks if you like. Nobody's stopping you. He's just saying the school can't require it. 
And again, this is what comes back to, if you want the vaccine, get the vaccine. You want to wear the mask, wear the mask. I don't understand why I have to be subjected to this, right? I mean, it's, it's the same exact argument you have. Your right to not get sick is is the same as my right to not have to do what you tell me to do, to be forced to be masked, to be forced to be vaccinated, etc. I don't think it's uh, that difficult to understand, right? If you can have the vaccine and still get rein, uh, reinfected and a breakthrough infection, that's on you, right? It's not on me. Because you're saying, I get the vaccine to protect you. No, you're getting the vaccine to protect yourself. Because by me getting or not getting a vaccine, the only effect I'm having is on me. No, that's not true. You can infect somebody else. You can carry it. Great. But so can you, Mr. Vaccinated Person. So exactly, there is no logic to mandating me for the sake of you. Capiche? Exactly. Now, one last one I want to talk about here. This one is interesting. Quinnipiac University, I read this one on the radio earlier today, I thought it was crazy, rolls out fines and Wi-Fi restrictions for unvaccinated students. Quinnipiac University officials are cracking down on students who have not met the university deadline for providing their COVID-19 vaccine information, and they're giving them fines and suspending their Wi-Fi access. Now, this is interesting. On Monday, officials at the Hamden, Connecticut school emailed 600 students who had not submitted their vaccination status before the August 1st deadline, according to John Morgan, Vice President for, for PR at Quinnipiac. The email included a fee schedule for students who don't comply with the university's vaccine requirement. They will fine students every week for failing to provide their vaccine documentation up to a maximum of $2,275 for the entire semester. More than 400 universities are requiring COVID-19 vaccines. The fee will start at $100 a week for the first two weeks of the semester and will increase by $25 every two weeks for up to $200 a week, said the email, maxing out at $2,275. If you provide evidence that you've received your first shot but not your second shot, you won't be charged as long as you're fully vaccinated by September 14th, said the university. If a student still has not fulfilled their vaccination requirement by September 14th, they will lose access to the Quinnipiac network and Wi-Fi. Wow. 150 out of 600 people emailed have since provided their vaccine information. Quinnipiac enrolls just under 10,000 students. All university staff and faculty have already provided the necessary vaccine documentation, according to Mr. Morgan. Ain't that something? Well, I think it's a scam. Why do you say that, Rich? You're such a skeptic. Well, I'll tell you why. Because it's interesting to me that they're not saying, hey, you got to go. You're out of here. You're going to kill somebody. You're not wearing them. You're not doing a vaccine shot. Oh, my goodness. They're not saying that. They're saying, oh, you're not doing that? You're going to have to pay a premium, bro. You're going to have to pay the piper, putting their hand out. They want to get the palm greased, right? They're not saying you can't come to school. They're saying, no, you got to pay. You got to pay, you know, almost $3,000 premium in addition to your regular tuition and fees. That to me sounds like a hustle where I come from. But what do I know? I mean, and in fairness, maybe they're saying, well, the first semester is going to be like that. But after that, we're not letting you back in. That could be the case. I mean, that's the case with a lot of things uh, in universities. If you don't get this paperwork done or that paperwork, they'll like freeze you out. But then it goes back to if it's that deadly, say they can't come. But they're not saying they can't come. And that's the point I'm making. Anyway, 
Keep it locked right there. Straight ahead, we're going to get into what General Milley had to say, what former General uh, Lloyd Austin, current Secretary of Defense, had to say. Um, Joe El Baboso Biden had some comments as well, and the analysis from our good friend Kerry Pickett, uh, Washington reporter. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America. I've covered all sorts of crazy situations. This was mayhem. This was nuts. This was impossible for an ordinary civilian, even if they have their paperwork. No way they're running that gauntlet. No way they're going to be able to navigate that. It's it's very dicey, it's very dangerous, and it's completely unpredictable. There's no order, there's no coherent system for processing people, separating those with papers from those who don't have papers. And honestly, to me, it's a miracle that more people haven't been very, very seriously hurt. It's a miracle more people haven't been seriously hurt. It's impossible to run the gauntlet. What's up, Philly? Welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. That was CNN reporter Clarissa Ward giving her commentary on seeing American civilians trying to get out of Kabul and the surrounding area. And I said, you know what, I've got to call one of my Washington Swamp political reporters to uh, give me the scoop on, A, what's going on in Washington, because we heard from Nancy Pelosi before saying, oh my gosh, Biden did a great job, best thing ever, he's to be commended. Then we hear Lloyd Austin saying, we don't have these capabilities. We're listening to reports saying that it's nearly impossible to get out. And uh, we've got General Milley saying, you know, we really didn't see this coming. So, I mean, so much going on here to help us make sense of it is longtime political journalist, Kerry Pickett, you know her from the Washington Examiner, you know her from Breitbart, you've uh, read her in the Daily Caller. Kerry Pickett, welcome. Thanks for having me, Rich. Look, right now what you're seeing is a lot of finger pointing, and you're also seeing many lawmakers trying to figure out how they can get a lot of uh, capital gain out of this, while also distancing themselves uh, from the president. So, as we speak, um, lots of uh, activity going on up on Capitol Hill because there is an active bomb threat. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's uh, some uh, going on there, so I'm sure you'll be talking about that soon. But aside from that, as, as far as what's going on uh, over, in, over in Afghanistan, they are trying to figure out how they can, uh, you know, find out what types of plan uh, or rather sort of plan making um, went into this really shoddy with withdrawal. And then uh, at the same time, uh, get some capital gain out of it. That's, that's the uh, Republican side of it. And then also um, sort of uh, wipe their hands clean of it. That is the Democrat side of it. So, uh, on the Senate side, you have a number of uh, committees 
who are looking to uh, do a number of investigations into this really awful, chaotic uh, withdrawal. Uh, and on the Republican end of it, many of them are saying, look, you know, White House, guys, we were asking for months now how you were going to be doing this uh, withdrawal. Uh, you never gave us any sort of plans. And so, uh, you know, now the uh, now the uh, now all of this has uh, come to pass and uh, you're going to have to pay the piper. So it looks like at this point, it's just been complete chaos. Wow. So a lot, a lot to digest there. Obviously, there is this ongoing bomb threat outside the Capitol. And uh, we're on with Kerry Pickett, a uh, longtime journalist in the Washington area. Now, Kerry, thanks for your analysis on that. I, I agree that, you know, politicians will do what politicians do. They want to capitalize on this however they can. And I think, you know, from a political perspective, Biden's really kind of handed us kind of carte blanche, right, from this Stephanopoulos interview to <laughs> which was I mean, it was just horrible to the. Mm-hmm. Um, to the uh, the comments that were made by several reporters. I mean, now there's a, there's a clip of audio that I want to share with you uh, mm-hmm. from from Representative Seth Moulton asking why asking Secretary Austin at yesterday's press conference why evacuations have not started as of yet. Uh, go ahead, let's hear that. Secretary Austin, why have you not started an evacuation yet? These Afghan and American heroes people who we asked to risk their lives, not just for Afghanistan, but for America, because we had their backs. Their future is, is in your hands. And this much is certain. The Taliban will kill them if they can. And they will rape and murder their wives and kids first if they can. Chairman Milley, if the service chiefs were ordered to evacuate our Afghan allies today, is there a plan in place to get that started immediately? We have the military capability to do whatever is directed by the President of the United States with respect to our allies and uh, in, in those that have worked with us. And I consider it a moral imperative to take care of those that uh, have served uh, along our side. So he thinks it's a moral imperative to serve uh, with the Afghans that that fought for their country, whom we were supporting most recently, and everybody else is saying, "Look, if they're not right by the airport and that little circle of friends that we've created with the Taliban, you know, they're not getting out." Kerry Pickett, um, how do you think the political fallout of this is going to be with Americans? You got ten thousand plus Americans that are stuck out there, and something like fifty-five thousand or sixty-five thousand um, Afghans that are supposed to kind of get out with us. How can we possibly trust? Um, any of these responses coming from Millie at this point. Remember, uh, you have uh, the administration for months now who are, who are essentially saying that there is no way that the Taliban could could possibly overtake Afghanistan. So that was a big reason why these thousands of Americans who are in Afghanistan essentially stayed in Afghanistan. And then at the same time, you end up having... Uh, the, the, the administration, the White House, is Jake Sullivan, who, who mm-hmm. is essentially blaming, blaming all those Americans in Afghanistan for being stranded in, a, in Afghanistan. It's like, well, you know, they decided to, to, to stay there. They didn't leave, so it's on them that they're stuck there. That, that's what he essentially said. 
to the uh, press the other day, um, not not admitting that it was the administration itself that was saying, oh, oh, no, no, no. The 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 Afghan military is a strong enough to hold off the Taliban. Well, apparently that that wasn't the case. So we're getting a lot of contradictory, you know, pre-withdrawal and post-withdrawal messaging coming from the White House and administration at this point. So all this messaging that's coming from Biden's people, you know, what exactly are we to, to, to trust at this point? And remember, you did have Biden, who's doing a lot of blaming, whether it was of the Afghan military, whether it was of the Trump administration. Oh, well, Trump did this really bad deal with the Taliban. Well, hold on a second here. Let's also think about uh, Biden's own history when it, when it came to foreign policy. Uh, but this isn't the first withdrawal that, that he's bungled. Uh, when he was the vice president, uh, you had Obama who put him in charge of the Iraq withdrawal. He bungled that, too, mm-hmm. which, which, which gave a way to the rise of ISIS. So, you know, this isn't someone who actually knows how exactly to do really good withdrawals from uh, bad conflicts. Or uh, somebody that knows exactly how to ruin things to the point where you create these these massive terror groups when you try to resolve these withdrawals. Exactly. Exactly. And this is something at this point you have um, a number of uh, Democrats who are saying, well, you know what? Yes, this is probably this is a very bad bump in the road for uh, Biden. But you know what? This isn't going to hurt him during the midterms because people have very, you know, like people have very short memories here, and this isn't going to hurt him uh, politically speaking. It's like, well, are you kidding me? We have 10,000 Americans who are stranded there, um, and they, it's like there's about 446 days until the midterms. Um, remember, the mm-hmm. Iranian hostage crisis? They were stuck there for 444 days. That was about 50, 52 Americans who were held hostage. Shoot, if something like that happens, I think Trump's right back in the White House. Well, that's how Reagan got elected. That's how Reagan got elected. Once again, 446 days until the midterms, 10,000, 15,000 Americans stranded. Let's see if history repeating itself. Well, Kerry Pickett, I want to get your thought on, because uh, you mentioned Biden and how he, he manages to bungle these things. Uh, I'm looking at the transcript for cut number 20, and, and Biden's saying, you know, like, there's no way to leave without chaos. He just uh, subscribes to the idea that, you know, look, no matter how you do, whether you take your equipment, whether you take the people out, you know, <laughs> there's a novel idea. Take out your civilians, your contractors, the Americans, you know, uh, let's do that first before we uh, do anything. And then maybe we could torch all the equipment. No, he doesn't say any of that. He says it's just chaos is uh, par for the course. I want you to listen to this cut. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back it, put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country, when you saw the significant collapse of the of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off, that was, you know, I'm not, this is, is that, that's what happened. 
That's simply what happened. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look. But the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Yes. Say it again. I'll smack you, George. Unbelievable that this is the president of the United States. Now, again, I can get him. Trump used to get frustrated, too. But it, he, it wasn't like this. Right. He was frustrated and he knew what was going on. I don't know. 30 seconds to you, Kerry Pickett. Oh, let me just wrap it up here. You know, we went from peace in the Middle East to thousands of Americans being stranded in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan while he, while like OPEC rejects his, his plea to pump more oil to bring price of gas down, okay? That was all... And, and a wide open months. border. Exactly, okay? No. I don't see how he could have possibly, possibly not have seen that, that coming. And apparently he did not prep very well for that interview with George Stephanopoulos. He thought that was just going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, and he was like, they didn't tell me about this. George, what are you doing? Unbelievable. <laughs> George! Too, too much, too much. I, uh, Joel Baboso Biden. Everybody, the, Carrie Pickett, CarriePickett.com. Carrie Pickett's a great journalist. Check her out. Follow her at Carrie Pickett on social media. Carrie Pickett, thanks for being with us this morning. Sure thing. Take care. All right. Thank you, Kerry Pickett. And this is why I always say we've got to stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to do nothing. So do something. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.